piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Happy Thursday. Welcome to a new episode. Welcome to First Cow and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I am joined by the cast, the crew, the guys. Zach, what's up, hey, man? How you been? What's up, guys? It's nice to be back for a little bit. What's going on? How are you, Johnny? Uh, I'm good, man. It's it's been a it's it's been a week. Uh, I'm ready for Friday, and I'm just uh kind of excited man this is a little bittersweet this is our last bonus episode uh of a24 what a month it has been we have talked all kinds of movies um you know going going right back a quick uh, review of it me and nick talked about the spectacular now me and craig talked high life and then uh me edward and craig talked under the silver lake last week and then today zach me and you get to talk yeah just just what you showed off there. First there cow. Go. There you go. Um, you know, it's kind of been kind of looking back as, as the, for the entire month. It's been a wide range of films. I mean, from yeah. everything from everything, everywhere, all at once, Marcel, the shell bodies, 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 men. And then next week we're doing X or you guys are doing X. And then our bonus episode has been just, it's a wide range of a 24. Yeah. Um, and honestly, Zach, I hope you can bring something to the table today with today's conversation. Yeah. Nick, Nick completely blew me away with the spectacular. Now, um, for those of you that have not listened to any of the bonus episodes, everybody who has been on the main show, the, the, the Monday's podcast, I was like, Hey, you guys pick an a 24 movie and we'll review it and talk about it. You know, and Nick brought a great conversation with a great film, The Spectacular. Now, if you guys have not seen it, go check it out on HBO Max right now. Um, but I feel like every movie since then hasn't really met my it hasn't been up to par. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. met my expectations. Yeah, because with with High Life, I'd only seen it one time. I've never seen Under the Silver Lake. And then this is my second time viewing a first cow. How was Under the Silver Lake? Um, it's a strange movie, but you're a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan and a film and you're a huge fifties and sixties nor film kind of fan. Mm -hmm. So I would highly suggest you go back and watch that movie because the okay. entire, the entire movie, the director does nothing but pay homage to Alfred Hitchcock in every single way. Okay. Yeah. And, and just to show you how, just to kind of show you how much homage he pays to Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Andrew Garfield's name in the movie is Sam. So, and and there's so yeah. much stuff that pays tribute to Psycho and a lot of other movies. So, I'd highly go back and recommend that. Um, if you guys haven't listened to our latest episode yet, go back and check out Men. Um, it just dropped this past Monday. Uh, what a fun conversation that was! So, go back and check that out wherever you listen to podcasts at. Um, and then, if you're wanting to just check us out all over whether it be social media or anything go uh, go check us out facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast the instagram is all one word the cinnamon movie podcast the twitter is at cinnamon 405 and then the email which is the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of us is c-i-n-e-m-e-n-9-2-1 at gmail.com 
um, hit us up on the social media. You can also listen to us on prescribedfilms.com. That's www.prescribedfilms.com. You can check us out there as long with a, a bunch of other great podcasts. So, um, but yeah, Zach, also, if you're listening to this right now on Thursday or watching us on Thursday, um, drop what you're doing and come check us out at Rodeo Cinema. I know this is an ad-free show, um, but Thursday the 25th, um, this evening, because this is gonna, this video is gonna drop on a uh, on Thursday morning. Come check us out at Rodeo Cinema, 7 p.m. tonight. Um, you can still get tickets to come see the room. Um, they're twenty dollars a piece, but if you use our code only, oh hi Mark, that is uh, the code that you can get in for just ten bucks. Um, and you can only hear it, that code while you watch or listen to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. So use the word. Use the code HIMARK, and that'll drop $10 off your purchase. And get in. Let them know that you heard it on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. So with that being said, Zach, let's dig into uh, First Cow. Um, currently, IMDb has it at a 7.1. Rotten Tomatoes at 96%, while the Metascore is at 89%. The Google users have it at 81%. Um, with a budget of $2 million, at the box office, it made $1.4 million at the box office. A skilled cook has traveled west and joined a group of fun trappers in Oregon. Though he only finds true connection with a Chinese immigrant also seeking his fortune. Soon the two will collaborate on a successful business. Mm -hmm. uh, first, car, first Cow stars Aliyah Shawcat, John... Megaro, Dylan Smith, uh, Clayton Numero, Manuel Rodriguez, Orion Lee, and directed by Kelly Ricard. 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 Um, and this is also based off of the novel The Half Life. Um, Zach, in some instances, this is very A24, but also if you look at it from another aspect, this is like completely. Opposite of yeah. Um, But uh, as I've asked everybody on these bonus episodes, uh, what was the meaning behind your pick? You know, out of all the movies in this catalog that you could choose from, what was it about First Cow that you just wanted to bring to an episode and talk about? Yeah, you know, honestly, it was a film that, you know, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. I think this was slated to come out like March. And so, in the theater wise, if you know, everything was open and then the theater shut down and the Blu-ray came out in late June, early July, July, August timeframe, I checked it out and I just thought it was so, so different from what a 24 is, has been doing up to that point. You know, I just thought it was, it was very, had a very real realism to it that I really appreciated. I really liked the, and we'll get into the specifics of the movie, but I just thought overall it was just so different and very unique for, for an A24 film. And uh, its original theatrical release, like you said, pre-pandemic, came out August 30th, 2019, mm -hmm. um, which probably not a lot of people got to go see. Yeah. Um, but if you want to check this out now, if you have a Showtime subscription, you can check it out there. Also, also on the Hulu Showtime premium subscription, you can check it out there. Or if you just like renting movies, uh, you can rent it on YouTube for three ninety nine. Yeah. Voodoo, it's four ninety nine. Google Play and Google Movies for three ninety nine. 
Um, so go check it out. Um, I believe just like honestly, all the other movies we've talked about this month, it's at least worth a one-time watch. Yeah. Um, Oh, the Blu-ray so, actually, according to my receipts, you can see right there, September the 9th, almost two years ago that this came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. So, and you know, with this being dropped, uh, August 25th, uh, it's original release date, August 30th. So we're yeah. only, we're, we're almost at its three year anniversary. Yeah. Um, so it worked out perfectly. It's, it's almost one of those, uh, one of those movies that, like I said, at least needs to be checked out once. But let's get into it. We always usually talk about uh, the director for just a little bit, but I don't think... Um, I don't think she's really done much, actually, since um, I think she's done like a couple of independent films. Yeah. But nothing like... This is her biggest this thing is her so biggest far film, and yeah. since then. Um, so that being said, what was it like the first time that you checked this out? And then, honestly, in a few short words, what was it like for this rewatch for the uh, episode? So I think I'm pretty sure I think I saw it before you, Johnny, I think because I recommended it on the show and then um, it made my top 10, top five plus five of the year of 2020. The first time I watched it, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just so original. I loved the um, the setting. I love the I love on the front on the front of the box. It says um, on the front of the on the front of the Blu-ray, it says a fable, a Western, a buddy picture. And I think that summarizes the movie perfectly. Um, and then when I rewatched it for the top five plus five, it actually went, I think it was like number one and then it dropped down to like number seven or eight, I think. And that's where it ended up. And then on this recent watch for this episode, I like it even, I liked it more. So I think it's going to be a film that going back and forth, it's just going to fall and rise, fall and rise, kind of like a roller coaster type thing. And I think. I think with each new viewing of the film, I get a little bit more out of it, whether it be I didn't notice the cinematography or the score or the, the performances of the two main leads from uh, John uh, Magaro and Orion Lee. Um, there's just something very, it's a very uh, frontiers men type film. And I think that's what I appreciate the most. And, and for your first time, Johnny, what'd you think about it? Cause I know I, I recommended it really high and I was afraid you're going to be like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> you're going to do the old Zach is fine. Um, after the first watch, I liked it. I'd probably give it like a seven maybe because it was just something that was like you said, very unique. Um, it stood out. It is almost like maybe it's almost like the alcohol they drink in the movie. It's an acquired taste. I don't think yeah. this movie is going to be watched and loved by everybody. Yeah. Um, and I get that. I, I'm not expecting, you know, our listeners to be it's like, oh my God, that's awesome. I expect a lot of people to say, it's fine to, I don't really like it. And that, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. And I think I was just so, and I have it in my notes, I was so in awe of some of the first things that I saw in the movie for the first time. Mm -hmm. But that's where it probably just stops for me. The second time around, I would probably just say pacing issues before yeah. we dig into it. Yeah. And I think that the second, this is the third time for me in its entirety. And each time it's just the pacing. Some of it is, you know, this movie is only an hour and 50 minutes, probably without credits, yeah. an hour and 40 or an 45. And it's oh, no with, with credits, it's two Oh one. And, and you don't, the credits pop up right at like one fifty eight. So, yeah, so, so it's this, a two hour film basically. Yeah. 
And boy, does it feel like it, at least on this. I just finished it probably 20 minutes ago. And yeah, it, it felt rough. Yeah. I mean, it, this, on this time, I think it's, I think, I think you use the word, the correct words, Johnny. It's an acquired taste because like, I have to be, yeah, you gotta be in the mood for it almost. Yeah. Because like when I, when I sat down to watch this, I was excited to watch it. And I enjoyed it a lot more this time than the second time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I was kind of like, yeah, I liked it. It's, it's, it's got some pacing problems. It's some stuff that I don't really enjoy. But on the second time, I, I caught a lot of thematical things that I didn't really notice the first time around or the second time around. So, um, we can go off some of uh, your pacing of the movie, but the thing I did notice the the that I appreciated the more the second time around, um, was just the cinematography. Yeah, this movie from start to finish is just extremely shot, way too to uh almost perfection from start to finish and i don't even think this made made it to any oscar nominations no um because the the other thing i wanted to mention was the score yeah i love the score to this yeah the the score makes it feel almost like a almost like you're going through a museum and you're in an old town western museum and this is the music that's playing in the background while you're going through and looking at some historical figures and facts yes which I know sounds really boring to some people, but for me, I, I like history. And so even the, it, it's perfect that in opening, that's what the first title of the score is uh, by William, by William Tyler, the credits. I just love that like guitar type of frontiersman Western thematic tone of the film. And I think it sets it perfectly. And I have in my notes, the aspect ratio, I called it slim but wide. I feel like it's just the ratio is very slim. It's almost kind of like a um, old style picture frame. Yeah. It's all you see, but there's just so much detail in, in the, in the moving images. Um, what did you think of some of the, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe the, what do you think of the two characters? Let's start with there, Cookie and uh, King Lou. Cookie, he's very much a uh, frontier cook. You know, he's kind of cooking for these um, frontiersmen that are traveling from, I guess you could say, point A to point B, and then they come along. He comes across King Lou, who is wanted by murder by he murdered a Russian, um, someone from a Russian uh, group of men and. He's basically running this, running the, running the forest naked, and he. They kind of create this little bond of, um. There, I think they have the same goals in mind. It's all about being an entrepreneur, in this time frame. So, I mean, what do you think about what do you think about uh, that plot of the film? I enjoyed the plot, and I enjoyed the two characters. Um, did you did you at, by the end of the film or even by the the maybe the middle of the story by the time they're making what would you call them the the biscuits, the, biscuits. the yeah. yeah by that point I had a hard time just caring about the characters I don't know why but this second time around I just I felt like there was no no true character development like I didn't feel for them like I felt like I should have and I don't I don't I don't understand I mean. I don't understand why I feel that way. Mm-hmm. You understand yeah. what they're doing, but you don't understand. Oh yeah. I understand them like being there. And, 
right just as a viewer i just yeah. did not care about what they ended up you know what their goal was i think you know with, with this type of film <coughs> i think with this one it's i think because you know the ending you know that they're gonna have mild success but you know it's not really gonna last i think it's just one of those things of like yeah i know how this ends and i don't really care like i know there's nothing more for me to discover about these two, I guess right. is the way of saying it. And to me, it, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the ending, you know, when we get to it, but I think in the moment where they're actually cooking the biscuits and they're actually making money and people are amazed by this little invention, which is basically just buttermilk from the cow. That's all it is. Which is stealing. They're stealing. Yeah. Which is, you know, you could go into a whole long argument about that in it on, in on itself, but it's amazing how, you know, I think King loose King uh, Lou says, wow, even the person that owns the cow doesn't even know that we're stealing from him. And it's just, you know, it's, it's the, it's the same milk that he uses for his own stuff, but they think it's just, they make, they created this modern, modern Marvel with these little biscuits. And I think that's just the humor in it is just that, you know, during this time in, American history, that's what people were always trying to do. They're always trying to create the next big, next big best thing. And being on the frontier, you have to, that was your way of surviving, you know, regardless of what, whatever the situation was, you have to learn to adapt to the world that you're around. And I think this movie, I think this movie depicts that very beautifully. It does. There is a lot of like, uh, Despite my pacing issues or sometimes me not caring about the two characters, there is a lot that's just an overall beautiful story about this movie. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, whether it be the frontiering. Um, I know that they were based in Oregon, but was this movie actually just shot in Oregon? Or I think it was shot. Was it shot in Canada? Um, let's see. I don't know where they picked to film no. the movie. They began. Yeah, they shot the movie in Oregon. So it's actually you know, quote unquote, historically accurate to probably what it was back then. But it was just, you know, and another thing that I I noticed in this time of watch that I didn't before, there's not a lot of just pure, heavy, meaningful dialogue, really. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you need it because of how beautiful the cinematography is. Yeah. How they're going through and milking the cow, how they're going through and, and cooking the biscuits, their interaction between their customers, really, if you want to call them customers. Yeah. Um, the interaction between just the characters in general. I think this is one of those movies that you could watch with subtitles and you wouldn't really need to listen to the dialogue. No. Because it's just so it's so simple. The the dialogue is simple. I don't know. What did you what do you think? What do you think the meaning is between meaningful dialogue and I'm not gonna call this useless dialogue, but maybe just dialogue that's not so powerful. I think, you know, in film, I think, you know, as as a screenwriter or as a writer in general, you have to create dialogue that not only represents the characters that you created, but also have thought-provoking moments. Like, when the two characters are kind of sitting around and they're just kind of, you know, they're in their, like, their little hut that they've kind of created, and they have all these, they're talking about their dreams, they're talking about you know, I want to open a bakery. I want to open a hotel. You know, if you, if we hit, if we got on a boat and got, um, 
otter pellets or whatever it was and got to went to China, we can make bank. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about this living the day to day. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy this movie so much. It's just even be, you know, even way back when, even you know, I I have dreams that I want to succeed. You have dreams that you want to succeed. It's a very human nature driven uh, way of thinking. And I think this is where the dial, you know, the dialogue and the rest of the film, you know, it's it's not clunky, it's not stupid, it's just there. It's just, you know, these are characters talking how they would back in the time, you know. And so I think for that, and to get back to your question, the the moments that really work are the just the dialogue-driven moments between Cookie and King Lou. And the other ones are just like, yeah, okay, you know, they're not bothering me. It's not it's not taking me out of the movie, it's just it's just there, you know. Uh, that being said, I do want to bring up uh, the costume design. Yeah. How brilliant just the, the clothes and everything from that specific time frame. Did it ever actually say what century, you know, what 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 time what frame it was? Time frame? I'm 18, guessing it was maybe 1800s. Yeah, like early 1820s. I think it's before the start of the Civil War, after the Revolutionary War. So it's kind of in that time frame of we're still discovering america but we really haven't because i noticed they called you san know. francisco is it san francisco they called saint francisco or is that just completely no no you heard it right yeah it's okay. like in a hotel in san they i think it's just because of his his accent they, he called it a certain way of it's san francisco they want to go to but they call it like san francisco or something like that uh which i did enjoy the bar scene where Cookie goes in and gets a drink and they just that's where you really start hearing about the first cow that got that arrived to Oregon, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there was I think it was a um a uh, stead and a, a youngling, but I think they both died on the trip and she was like the last survivor. And so they're trying to she's like the first one brought into the territory, which was you know, I'm sure back in the time that was a very big deal. It's almost kind of like if you if you had gotten to your job by horseback or by um, carriage and the new T model Ford came into play, that'd be, it'd be like a huge radically change your life type thing. So do you think that the, um, you know, you know, we're wrapping up a 24 month. Do you think this is a film that like 10 years from now, this came out in technically 2019. So, you know, by 2030, do you think people are going to remember this as like being an A24 movie? Or do you think it's like when they go through their catalog and be like, oh yeah, they made that. I think it would be the, the second part. Um, it's almost one of those, like, I don't know, like, but I can see this being just a heavily seen A24 film, like just because of the way it was shot, the score, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what? I, th I think the thing that overall hurt this movie was not it being a 24 was not people forgetting that it was a 24. Yeah. The biggest thing that hurt this movie was the pandemic. Yep. I think that's legitly what that what happened. Um, but I do want to ask you this. Um, if it was not for the, what, what, what do you think? What does A24 mean to you? That And I've had that question asked me so many times, but I'm, I almost tell people you can't ask that because it's a production company. Um, so I was like, you know, 
looking through the A24 catalog, would this be a movie that you would even maybe suggest to an A24 fan? Probably not, truthfully. I mean, I would say it's probably one of my favorite A24 movies. It's probably in my top five, maybe top ten. But it's not one that, like, when I think of A24, I think of Midsummer. I think of Hereditary. I think of The Lighthouse. I think of um, even Ex Machina. Um, uh, uh, even I, I don't even think, you know, when you and Nick did The Spectacular Now, I, I, I forgot that was even an A24 film. That is, even, that is, like, so on the other side of the ledge, on the other side of the point of A24 that it's, like, when you see the title come up, you're like, oh, they made that, you know? And I think when people watch this, they when they see the title, they're just like, oh, that's interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think this film was very highly, um, highly received. I mean, it was one of the top 10 films of the 20 of 2020 by the National Board of Review with uh, Defy Bloods and Judas and the Black Messiah and Soul, Promising Young Woman. So I think it was very widely held regarded it was the 2020 new york film critics circle awards best film of that year oh yeah this is a very very highly praised film when it comes when it comes to just you know like i said it's overall overall it's shot beautifully it's directed beautifully Mm -hmm. um and i there's emails that I'll, i'll read on monday but uh there's people comparing this to power of the dog saying this is just as bad as Power of the Dog. How can I like this but not Power of the Dog? Mm-hmm. What do you say to that, Zach? How do you, how would you justify that email? Uh, did you watch Power of the Dog, first <laughs> off? Well, I mean, it was real. <laughs> Power of the Dog was just announced on Criterion, so we all know who's going to be buying that in November. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I don't understand, like, I don't understand that email, honestly. Like, I... Okay, like I get, I get why people wouldn't like this movie, but I mean, dude, I think you would watch this ten times more over than Power of the Dog. Oh yeah, yeah, I I enjoy this, um, I enjoy this movie. The only thing I really had issues with this second time around was just the pacing. I yeah. feel like you can get everything you need out of this movie if it were an hour and thirty-seven minutes. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean this. Every, and like I said, every single time I watch this, it's just the pacing. Like, I, I get into it, but it's just, you know, you think you're 30 minutes in, you're only 21 minutes. Yeah. You know, and that's just the, that's just probably the only irritating thing about it. And you, you don't even get any kind of dialogue for the first, like, 11, 12 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And what do you, what do you, what do you explain to that scene, though, about the girl looking and discovering the human bones? Why would you think that was even thrown in there? And to me, like as a viewer, like the first time I watched it, I really forgot about that scene until you get to the very like last scene of the film. And I, well, I kind that's of their, I, that's that's their bodies. Yeah, yeah, clearly. I mean, clearly, I know it's their bodies, but like, I I just want to know like what is that supposed to represent? Like, did they just die trying to live their dreams, but you know they got caught because like he, you know, Cookie gets a concussion but nothing really happens to king lou you think they die there on the spot i don't know i mean because i that's probably the that's probably the most a 24 thing about this damn movie yeah is the very beginning of her finding the bones and then the very ending of them just laying down and it cutting straight to the credits 
Yeah. And you're kind of sitting there going like, wait, what? What the fuck happened? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really explain what happened. It, it just, they just lay there. They're just trying to rest from running, getting, trying not to get caught and just taking a break from running. And then I can, I can come up with a theory of maybe, I don't know, too much trauma to the brain or whatever. And that's how Cookie dies. But why would Kingly just, you know, you would think he'd just run away too. But I don't know. Cause my only theory is that they were caught and they just shot him on spot. That's my only. Yeah. Only conclusion that I can come up with. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not a, I think, I think when you set up a, a beginning like that, you find as someone that finds two skeletons laying side by side together, you have to come up with a better ending than what we got, you know, at least give me some resolution as to why, you know, what exactly happened right there. Unless it's just symbolic that they ate, slept, and died trying to become and live the American dream. Yeah, and that's maybe what maybe that maybe that's what the director was trying to was trying to uh, show in that in the the side by side comparison. Yeah. Um, so. Do you have any other like kind of questions or uh, just maybe some overall notes that you want to bring up or ask about uh, First Cow? Because uh, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this is the final A24 bonus episode of the month. Um, we could even almost do like a retrospective of looking at the last four movies. Mm -hmm. Maybe what even next year brings as far as next August goes. Um, there's a lot of movies that we didn't pick. You know, there's over 100 A24 movies that definitely can let us live throughout. Um, Pearl is coming out in a few months. The prequel 2X that comes out in November. Um, Zach, if, if First Cow was not there, what's maybe another movie you would have maybe picked for this episode? Was uh, there some that you had it nailed down to? I, I, honestly, I think if... Um, catalog real quick. I think I, I, oh, I probably would have picked, if I hadn't done First Cow, I probably would have either picked The Green Knights or... I remember you bringing um, up Ghost Story. A Ghost Story, yeah. That's yeah. probably my other one I would have picked. Yeah. And those are two... So, yeah, those are two really heavily fought-out movies. Yeah. Um, Ghost Story is probably... You can make an argument. That's the most A24 movie ever, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going through, uh, you know, what's coming up next, uh, X on Monday, you've seen X. Yeah. Um, you won't be there on Monday, but what what would you what would you give your, your star rating for X? Almost a little uh, little review. After watching the movie, I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, that's a make that makes sense why Johnny loves this movie so much, <laughs> really likes it. But really, after kind of watching the bonus features, and I highly recommend people doing it, you kind of get why what Ty West was really trying to do with that movie, and it makes sense oh, yeah. in retrospect after watching it. I don't really know. I don't really know what to think about the prequel that's coming out actually here in a couple weeks on in, in the theater. But um, oh, is it is it in September? Yeah, I think it's like September the nineteenth or something like that. September the sixteenth. Okay, because I, I I thought it was in November, but yeah, I didn't. I see. Uh, September sixteenth. Yeah, I was right. It's supposed to come out in theaters. Hmm. But um. Yeah, it, X is a very 
it's another A24 film that, like, when you watch it, you're just like, is this like a sequel to Hereditary or something? <laughs> yeah. From Midsummer. Um, I know you're really anxious to talk about it. Um, if I had to give it a score, a star rating, I'd probably give it a seven. Honestly, it's very that it you have to you have to go in with an open mind with that one. I I will say it's very uncomfortable to watch, but I'm just going to say this because I know we're getting ready to talk about it. Is to me as well that also is an acquired taste, but in the horror genre. Yes. So. Uh, but going back to First Cow, um, unless there's anything else you would like to bring up about First Cow, do you have a favorite scene maybe throughout that whole movie that you want to talk about? Um, I think it's I probably my favorite scene with is probably when they're cooking the biscuits and people it's just become like a madhouse of people <laughs> cutting in line just to get these little buttermilk biscuits. And when he's actually milking the cow, he's just very like sweet and just very caring and very like soft and I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of this film that I, you know, I understand why people wouldn't like, but it just, it just worked, worked for me on a, on a, as a, as a film and as a 24 film. So probably, and then them just talking about their dreams. I think that, I think that summarizes the movie perfectly, honestly. When they first go to a King Lou's little pad. Yeah. That little crib. <laughs> Yeah, the little crib. Um, if I had to mention, you know, like a favorite scene or two, I would bring up the scene where Cookie meets King Lou again at the bar, and Cookie's thinking about taking the baby. Yeah. Um, I like. You think it would have been a different? You think it would have been a different movie if they had taken the baby? I w I would have liked to seen what would have happened, or maybe like some uh some suggestive uh thoughts on on maybe how that would have happened. Um. And then, you know what, I think it's interesting going back and forth, seeing them steal the milk and then climb up in the tree when they think somebody's coming. Yeah. Or just trying to sneak away um, because that it's not edge of your seat, you know, uh, kind of suspense, but it definitely does leave you to say what's going to happen if they get caught. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then, you know what, this is just honestly, even though it's a slow paced film, the quality of filmmaking in this movie is is honestly it's top notch. It is. It's it's uh outstanding. Um if 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 you're a filmmaker or if you're somebody who's wanting to get into film or say you're just a movie fan in general but you're trying to find that itch and trying to get in that quality of artsy kind of films and you want to know what the difference is between honest I'm going to going to break it down. This is simple. If you're a movie goer and you want to know what cinematography is, watch First Cow. Yeah, I, I, I would totally back that up. Because cinematography at its best is in this movie. And you could almost argue that in a lot of A24 movies. Yeah. If you just want to know what cinematography is, don't Google, don't YouTube it. Watch an A24 movie. Yeah, I, I totally back that up. Um, But yeah. Slow-paced film, but the quality of filmmaking for me in this movie is something that saves it from, you know, an atrocious two-hour slow poke of a film. Yeah. Um, Which I, you know, judging by the emails, you know, that you've gotten already, it looks like that's what people are pinning this up to be. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's an acquired taste, but I knew going into the month of August and talking about a twenty-four month, I knew that whether it be 
Mondays or Thursdays. I knew that some of the emails would not be up to par with what they usually are. Yeah. Because these are these are movies. Don't get me wrong. These are movies that we're talking about that not a lot of people are probably interested in hearing us talk about. Yeah. You know, um, who's interested in hearing about everything all at once or Marcel the Shell, uh, bodies. I don't know how men or ex, you know, men or ex are going to do, but it's just one of those that, you know what? I think one one month of the year is not bad to dedicate a whole month to A24. Yeah. Um, Because it's just so diverse in film. We need to be the official podcast of A24. Let's be honest. And they have one of those. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, let's let's uh, dig into star rating. You know, Zach, go ahead and uh, go first, and uh, I'll go first. You you save your thoughts for yeah. You you save your thoughts for last. Um, my overall was a seven on this second time around. I think I'm going to drop it just to a six, um, just because of the pacing of the movie. If I'm looking at this giant girthy catalog right next to me, I don't know if First Cow is going to be the first one that I go for. Um, it may not even be in the top five. It would extremely be in the top ten with maybe an honorable mention. But mm-hmm. honestly, this time around, I don't know how it would affect me a third or fourth time. Yeah. So like, like I said, it's an acquired taste. I have to be in the mood for it. Um, and it's also one of those movies, guys, if you're listening you want to watch with nobody around you just so you can get involved and immerse in the story. Yeah. So um, right now I'm going to give it a six, um, but it's just based on the, on the pacing and the rewatchability, just a really too much of a slow paced film this time around. But I said, there's a lot to love about it. The, the dialogue, uh, the character involvement, the cinematography, the score, the uh, costume, um, but I'm going to give it a six for now. Zach, what about you? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight, honestly. I think it's, like I said, it's probably one of my go-to A24 films. And one of the reasons I, one of the reasons I picked this film is because it's just so, so different from their catalog. Everything that we've, every, even everything we've talked about in, in times past is just so not what you expect an A24 movie to be. Um, and I think that's, pro- I think that's why I like it so much. It's just so the character, the director didn't care, you know, it was a 24. It was just, you know, the, the, the company gave him some money and said, here, go make this movie that you want to make. And she made a film that she, I think is, I think she could say is proud of. And I'm proud that I can say that I enjoy it. Um, like I said, it's an acquired, like you said, Johnny, it's an acquired taste. It's not going to be for everyone. It's fine. If you hate this, I totally get it. Um, but to is me, this- it works. Is this one of the few? Is you really have to love it in order for you to buy it? Is this one of the few A twenty four movies you do own? Um, yeah, I have this one. I have Uncut Gems. I have, I think I have one or two more. But those are the those are the two that that really hit me the most. Like I, to be honest, I I kind of wish I had seen this at the theater. To be honest, right. I probably would have liked it even more. Uncut Gems. <sighs> yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's the, that's the case. And, you know, Zach really does have to like or love something in order to purchase it. Um, Zach, one weekend, I I wish you would help hop on, on some physical media talk one week with me and Nick. Um, but I, I do think like there's a difference between the two, the two people that collect right here that you guys are watching or listening to us. Like Zach is more of the quality over quantity kind of collector. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just like, it's a dollar. Put it in the, it's a dollar. Put it in the buggy. 
I mean, T- Taylor Lautner starring in it. It's on Blu-ray. I'm buying it. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the big purchases this year was the Citizen Kane Criterion. Have you ever seen that yet? Not yet. No, you can see it's still saran wrapped. Actually, oh. I'm not no, no. I'm talking it. about. Have you actually have you seen the film? Oh, Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I've seen it. And then this really, this was just a spur spur of the moment buy, but actually, Sixteen Candles, the Arrow version. Oh, nice. So, so it's you know. I would agree with your I would agree with your summary of I like quality over quantity, you know. You know. Which there's I'm nothing not wrong go. with that. I, no. Um I, I think it's I think it's fun to sit there and talk to physical media collectors about why, how, when, and where. And me and you, yeah. I, I think we could work something out later on down the line, maybe maybe towards like Thanksgiving or something. We can we can have a whole episode where we just do nothing but talk about physical media. Yeah. Um but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, first cow. Um, what a way to end the bonus episodes for for this month. Um, you know, we have one more A twenty four episode uh, in the works, which is going to be X on August 29th. Um, and then for a crossover event, Friday the fourteenth, UHD. Um, this next Wednesday, August the thirty first, the very last day of the month. Me and Nick are going to talk all about Tusk. Um, which is another A24 movie, but we're taking it. Yeah, we're going to take it and put it over on Friday the 14th UHD. Um, So that's next Wednesday. Um, Yesterday, me, Nick, and and Fuentes talked all about uh, Countdown, which you guys can go back and listen to that episode. Um, But man, I I think that's going to do it. Uh, For those of you that are wanting to know what's, what's next in September, August has been a fun month. Um, next Thursday, August the 1st, me, Edward, and a very special guest that who he may not be named right now are going to unleash anime on you guys. This is going to be the first time we've never, ever talked anime on this show. But for every single Thursday for the entire month of uh, September, uh, or it may be, I don't know if we're going to do every week or bi-weekly for September, but August or September the 1st, uh, we're talking Tokyo Revengers um, next Thursday, August the 1st, which is on HBO Max right now. You guys can stream it on HBO Max. Um, so go HBO Max it up. Um, uh, you know, Zach, I'm not a huge anime fan, um, but you know what? It was an idea of somebody's, and we're going to try to do it next Thursday, August the 1st. What's your take on anime? That's just – it's not my – it's not my uh... – cup of tea to be honest i've never it's it's never been something that i've gravitated um gravitated towards and so i mean i get it has a huge fan base i know there's like a new um dragon ball z movie in the theaters right now so packed packed i tell you the theater lines for i went to the theaters this past weekend the lines going into those movies packed long wow the dickens wow so I mean I, I understand I get that there's a fan base for it but it's just it's just not for me so it's cool that you guys are really tackling that because I know there's a huge fan base for it. There is and honestly the guy who who uh, brought up the idea Tokyo Revengers was a hot animated series on HBO Max last year season two is coming up I think he said in October so what an idea I can't wait to talk about it introduce a new on air host to the Cinema Movie Podcast. And also bring up a whole new subject matter. So I think this is going to be very fun times for the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Um, if you guys want to listen to us, don't forget Monday, 
August the 29th. Uh, we're talking all about X. It is our official final A24 episode, August 29th, Monday, right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Uh, 